Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. This morning we're going to start with the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 4. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we ask that you would speak to your people today that you would, would speak from your word that is alive, that is immediately relevant and applicable. God, we ask that it would be your words that are heard today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So this morning we are continuing our, our study on that foundational building block called prayer. And this morning as we kind of work through this, this process, this uh, teaching, I have an important question for us to be considering. Do you believe that God speaks to his people? Do you believe that God speaks to you specifically? And do you believe that God can and does speak to others for you? When I was in maybe fourth or fifth grade, I was at a, a summer church camp with some other kids that went to Wood Street Chapel. And for those of you that haven't grown up in the church or you know, haven't really experienced that, uh, summer church camps are an awesome time for kids to get away from distraction, to get away from all the screens, maybe get away from in some cases, family life that isn't healthy, that isn't you know, conducive to them receiving from God, it gets rid of all of those things, all of the stuff, there's that word again, and to be able to focus on what it is that, that God's doing in their life. And, and typically, when you go to a church camp or a youth camp, there's uh, different nights that are dedicated to specific things. And so normally, the first night that you go there is usually salvation night. And so um, the, the speaker kind of you know, leads kids in that direction. And, and then the, the next step after that is typically like Holy Spirit baptism and, and things like that. And then usually the last night is uh, dedication to ministry or like a call to ministry in their life. And it, it, it kind of just follows that particular pattern. And what you see as you attend these church camps is because all of those distractions are removed, because there's in an environment that has been prayed over, that has been uh, prepared, God shows up. And during one of the evenings that was, it was dedicated to Holy Spirit baptism, we, we gathered together and we as a group of kids are praying for another group of kids, you know, asking for God to speak to us and to give us words of wisdom for these kids. And what 
what actually happened during that time, I, I honestly don't really remember. Um, but there was a time when we were walking back. We were walking back from that, that evening, walking back towards whatever the next fun thing was, whether it was roasting marshmallows or, I don't think we roasted marshmallows when we were doing kids camp, that was way too dangerous, but uh, <laughs> um, whatever that evening thing was, we were on our way back to go do it, and I distinctly remember a conversation that I had with another boy that was my age that I had grown up my entire life with, saying that God had shown him that I was one day going to be a pastor. (laughs) And that God would use me to lead others into a deeper understanding of who he was. And I think I said something to the effect of, hmm, that's neat. (laughs) And I really didn't, think a whole lot more about it. it. It wasn't something that was like, well, this just dramatically changed the trajectory of my life. This, this just impacted every decision that I'm going to make from here on forward. I was in like fourth grade. It's like, just wasn't on the radar. Fast forward to various summer camps all through grade school, all through high school. We, we would hit them all. And, and that same formula of salvation night, Holy Spirit night, call to ministry night would come up. And I always translated the call to ministry night as those people who feel like they're being called to be a pastor. And now I know that it's maybe a little bit more than that. And it was interesting because I can think back to multiple times where I was sitting and there was never once a time in that that moment that I felt like I needed to step forward. And that wasn't me being stubborn. It wasn't me you know, saying, no, I, I'm, I'm going to be rebellious about what God is calling me to do. It was that this isn't the season for that. This, this isn't the time for me to, to step into that. And I felt very, very fine with that. I didn't really think back to that time in fourth grade. It just wasn't something that God was asking me to do yet. Fast forward. Fast forward through college. Fast forward through getting married, through lots of other milestones in my life. Until we get to a question that was raised by my my father-in-law, Greg Morse, of, have you ever thought about stepping into ministry, about ever participating in ministry? And, and here, after all of those years, God brought that one night that I'm sure that the young boy that said the words probably doesn't even remember doing it, but he brought that one night forward all those years ago, and he says, now, nah, now is the time. Now, now you're ready. That's just like one instance of my life, but, but it's an instance that you all can relate to because I'm here today. <laughs> but I can tell you that time after time after time, 
God has revealed himself. God has, has spoken to me. He has spoken to other people. I know that I know that I know that he does it. The, the foundation of our lives is to be the word of God. The foundation of our life is to be the Bible. We're supposed to look at that. The, the, his word is what? Is truth, right? And, and that is what we build our, word, build our life upon. The substance of my life, the shape of my life, is what God says to me today. So if the, the foundation is who God was and who God has proven himself to be in history, if we look at the Old and the New Testament, we see time after time after time who God is, then the shape of who I am today is who God is faithfully even now. What we know is that God speaks to us today the same way that he did back in that time. This morning, it's time for us to get down to the nuts and bolts. The last couple of weeks, we've been kind of focusing on the backstory of prayer, kind of try, trying to build a foundation of, of why should we pray? Who, who are we praying to? What does, does he even want us to pray. What do we know? We know that there are a lot of different types of prayer. There can be silent prayer, contemplative prayer, where, where I'm trying to, to pray and, and looking for God to grow me from the inside. There's intercessory prayer where I'm praying for other people. God, move on this people, this group, this nation. There's petition where I come to God and say, God, I need these things. There's confession where we come and say, God, I, I've done wrong things. That, that confessing prayer created me a clean heart, oh God. Where we ask for forgiveness or, or sometimes where we have to come and say, God, give me the, the strength to forgive someone else. And we have prayers of adoration where we bring our worship to God through prayer. And here at Wood Street Chapel, we're for all of it. We, we like all of it. And this morning, we're going to focus specifically on what it means to pray for others. Because we do that here. We pray for other people. And how do we pray for others specifically when we're together here on a Sunday morning? How do we pray for others when they're sitting around your dinner table? How do you pray for others when you have that Holy Spirit-inspired interaction with that stranger on the street that you've never met before, but God says, hey, you need to go talk to that person? It seems like maybe we need to have a clear understanding of what it means to see and be a part of God moving in the lives of other people. Because we already said we believe that God speaks to other people. We believe that God speaks to us and that God can use us to speak to other people. How, when someone is clearly in a moment of response to God, do I join into what God is doing? Do I get to be a part of what God is doing? So this morning, we're going to be focusing on listening prayer. So my first task in listening prayer, this is going to be a shocker, is to listen. 
And, you know, we, we laugh at first, but, but we have to listen. When, when someone brings their request to us, sometimes you hear like the first like three words of what's going on and, and you immediately start planning out what your, your 10 minute long prayer is going to be. And, and you need that time because it's got to be 10 minutes long. So you need to, to have some prep time for it. But maybe first we need to listen. And then my, my spoken prayer flows from that listening response. Do you know what that's called? That's called prophecy. And prophecy isn't a word that we use every day, so let's, let's start by setting some definitions. Prophecy is to hear God's voice on behalf of an individual or a group. When we use the word prophecy in 21st century American church, the room immediately splits up into three different people, three different groups. The first group has a longing for prophecy. They have a longing to see this happen. It's finally, I have been waiting for this to happen. Let's get weird. Love the hunger. (laughs) Let's get a solid biblical foundation under that hunger, and away we go. The, the second group are people who are concerned. When we start talking about prophecy, we have this group that is concerned, maybe more than excited. Maybe this topic, depending on what denomination you grew up in, if you grew up in church, was one that was like, yeah, we're just going to gloss over that particular part of the Bible. Or it could be completely the opposite. And maybe you were had the experience where this was maybe used either in a a toxic way, used in a way that was manipulative, or used just in a way that, that made you want to avoid it completely going forward. And so the easiest thing to do was just to avoid it. That's understandable. But as we move through this time, my prayer is that through the word of God, we will see that this is an area of prayer that should not be avoided, but it should be longed for. And then the third is probably a group that has no idea what prophecy is. Say, man, it seems like you think you're you're stepping on some pretty controversial ground here, but I'm just wondering why this is such a long intro. Let's get it moving. And that's probably the best place to be. No baggage, let's just get to it. So the first thing that we're going to look at is prophecy in the Bible. Though there is nowhere in the Word of God where prophecy isn't involved. If we were to take out, eliminate prophecy from God's Word, it would just be meaningless. There wouldn't be anything there. Let's start at the beginning. In the beginning, God breathes His breath into humankind, his creation. He breathes his breath, he breathes his spirit into man and woman, into Adam and Eve. And what happens? Sin comes into the picture. Sin comes into the picture and it separates us from God. But the original plan was that God's spirit would be in and amongst us. 
And so if we then move forward into the Old Testament, God, the betrayed, becomes the pursuer and he fights for, for the hearts of his people. And he has a plan for redemption. If we look at, at Numbers eleven twenty five, then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him, him being Moses. He took some of the power of the spirit that was on Moses and he put it on the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they didn't do it again. So what we see here is when the presence of God comes upon Moses, or in this case, the 70 elders, God speaks. And when God speaks, Moses or the 70 elders, they speak and they prophesy. They're they're sharing the word of God. Their lungs are filled with the breath of God, the spirit of God, just like in the beginning. And we, we have to follow this connection that, that it, it, in the beginning, that breath was there. And then that breath is available again, just in the, these glimpses, just in these moments. Moses is the beginning of a pattern where we see God using specific people to speak on his behalf. If you look through the Old Testament, we see Moses, we see Samuel, we see Elijah, we see Elisha, we see all of these different people that God uses to communicate to the rest of the people. Those people were called prophets. The good news is that God kept on speaking to his people. The bad news is that it was only to this this small select group. And then comes Jesus. The word became flesh. And he made his dwelling amongst us. That's John 1.14. Jesus was a living prophecy. He became the word of God in human form. After his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus appears to his disciples and he does something. What does he do? He breathes on them. John 20, 22, and, and with that, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And here again, we see the breath of God making an appearance. The Holy Spirit is given on the day of Pentecost just as Jesus promises. But fast forward to Acts 2, and what do we see? All the believers begin speaking the words of God. In other words, now all Christians are now acting as prophets. And so Peter stands up and says, this is exactly what Joel said was gonna happen. Right, Joel 2, 28, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. What he's saying is there is going to be a day when the spirit of God, the breath of God, will not just be for a select few, where it won't be a rare event, but rather it will be for all people, regardless of what job you have, regardless of whether you're the pastor or somebody sitting in the chair, regardless of how much education you have, how much money you make, whether you're sick, whether you're healthy, old, young, it doesn't matter. God will speak to you. Just 
as it was supposed to be in the garden. This promise is for all people. And so if we now look forward to the church, what was phenomenal on the day of Pentecost becomes the norm. As God's church grows, Paul talks about this in his letter to the the church in Corinth in the, the verse that we read at first. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit especially prophecy. The one who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, their encouraging, and their comfort. Now, does this mean that the other gifts, the other manifestations of the Spirit are wrong or are bad? Not at all. But there's a reason that this is is being called out. Later on, if we, we look further into First uh, Corinthians, Paul says that he wishes everyone would prophesy. Well, all? Yes, because we have all been filled with the Holy Spirit. We all now carry the breath of God in our lungs. And that same breath that was present to only a few in the Old Testament. Prophecy was never once a footnote in the story of God's people. It was at the heart of the story, from the very beginning to the very end. As we go through this study over the next two weeks, I I had to break this particular part up into three parts because we already only have five minutes left and there was no way I was going to get far enough. (laughs) So we're going to talk about What does it look like when God speaks to the church? What does it look like when God speaks to this church? We're going to look at prophecy doesn't stop. Prophecy isn't something that that was just for the the New Testament. It wasn't just for the the Old Testament. It wasn't just for the church kind of getting off their... their, uh, getting on their feet and getting started and then they didn't need it anymore. The word of God is relevant. The word of God is needed. And so we come back to that question that we asked this morning. Does God speak to his people? Yes, he does. And when we think about the word prophecy, sometimes we get so uh, concerned. We think, thus saith the Lord... But if we just stop and listen for just a moment to the needs that that exist, God will speak to his people. There's one important thing for us to consider, to keep in mind as we prepare to enter into a time where we pray. We pray for one another. We, we do this every week, right? We, we say, okay, we're, we're done with the teaching time. It's an opportunity for us to come together and to pray with one another. And most of the time, people that know 
each other, go and talk to other people that know each other, and, and maybe prayer happens, maybe it doesn't, I'm not going to judge. Um, <laughs> needs are shared, maybe some prayer happens, and, and we move on. What I would, would ask is that maybe we need to put a little bit more, A, emphasis on listening, really listening, really understanding the need that is being shared, and B, being sensitive to what it is that God has for that person, not what you need to say. And then the other thing that we need to be aware of is when we are the people asking for prayer, we're asking for prayer from people that are people. People that make mistakes. People that, dare I say it, say dumb things sometimes. <laughs> people that, you know, maybe they thought they had a word from God, but it was just the tacos they had last night. And we have grace. God has grace to us, and we have grace to those people. And in those moments, we say, thank you. I will receive what I can out of that, and we, we move on. Yeah. In a house that has, you know, words from the Spirit and gifts, things can get crazy. They can get sideways. Those fears aren't unwarranted. But when you speak over a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old and you place that kind of weight on them, beware. Really beware. Because it can be destructive. So watching that play out, watching it unfold to the man that we have as our pastor is a beautiful thing. And God spoke it. And for years, I've, I've not said a word. I've just watched. So thank you, Matthew. Thank you for responding. And thank you for listening. Well, I'm thankful to God that he would do I'm thankful to be here. And thankful to be able to be used. And most of the time, it's in spite of the, <laughs> the things that, 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 go on that, that I want to share. It's uh, thankfully, you know, the Spirit uses those things. Um, so when it comes to us sharing with one another, us coming and saying, God, I think God has something that, that is for you, something specifically that is for you. We need to, to bring that with humility. We need to bring that without expectation of response. We need to bring that knowing that my responsibility is to share. 
and that's all. If the, the person looks at me in stunned silence and says, okay, then away we go. If that person breaks down in tears in front of me and turns into a sobbing mess, then God did something. Uh, but it doesn't matter. What matters is, is me being available. And so, again, we're going we're gonna to dive more into this in the next couple of weeks. And, and I'm not... I'm not giving you guys any specific assignments. I'm not giving you any homework. All I'm asking is that when we come to our times of prayer, that we make ourselves available. Not just to the person that you're sitting next to, that we make ourselves available to who God puts on your heart to speak to. And that may be somebody that you don't know. That may be somebody that you've talked to all of two to three times. You know, God uses you to talk to strangers. God's used me to talk to strangers. And it's terrifying. (laughs) It is. And yet, sometimes when we talk to those strangers, God shows up. You had a testimony you shared yesterday, or last week. Can you share that real quick?
she said she's been praying for years. Oh. And I still keep in touch with her. She's still going to church. And um, God did a great thing. And it has nothing to do with me. And there, it's all glory to God. But it's that, it's that reminder that even if you're feeling inside of you as a sinner that, oh, I'm not sure if I should do this or whatever, it's like trust that instinct that's placed in you and just let God use you because I could have missed out on being able to see that amazing thing happen. And you also wonder, like, would, like, I mean, God would still probably find somebody else to do, but why not let him use us? And that's the piece that I think is important, Janelle, is if you would have just said, no, I'm not going to do that, would that have meant that God wasn't going to move in the life of that lady? No. God doesn't get caught off guard. God isn't saying, well, Janelle just stiffed me, so I guess we're, <laughs> we're out of luck today. Sorry, lady. No, um, yeah. Yeah. but it was, it was that opportunity to be blessed, that opportunity to have faith built. It says, when, when God speaks to me and tells me to do something, and when I step out in faith and do it, then he shows up. And let's be clear. There's going to be times where you, you share that, and that person looks at you like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, and that was fourth grade Matt at kids camp when that person says that thing about me saying, I'm going to be a pastor someday, and you look at him like, huh. And yet, God still uses those things. I have another thing that happened, too, because I was really afraid growing up because I'd never went to a church that ever spoke in tongues or used any of the gifts. And so when I first started seeing it, I thought it was really weird and crazy. I didn't want anything to do with it. It scared me. And when I was in um, high school or in college, um, a person that was going to Bethel had come over to help us in and asked it. And the time when Matt prayed with me, and I just felt like, oh, this is weird. And I mean, I was a churchgoer. It's not like I, you know, I've never had someone pray for me. Stranger, I'm like, I don't know if I should let this person pray for me. And when he prayed for me, he was sharing some things about my life that there's no way he could have known. And so I know that that's how God confirmed to me that he was speaking to me. And some of the things that he had said, because people, when I've asked people, they would say, if someone gives you a word of prophecy or like a word, like you're, it's not your job to make it happen or fulfill it, but like if it's supposed to come to pass, it will. And so I remember just tucking away. I never really thought about it. And then years later, when I was adopting Samuel, and actually Jace is adoption day um i remember it's like the same thing too god took me back to that word and just oh that's what this was for and it yeah. totally makes sense to me now but it didn't so much not all the things that were said then did and so i feel like that was the confirmation that it was also from god is because it came to pass and like you were saying about with matt is the point of like you watched it come to pass and you i think that god will confirm it he's he's not like god makes mistakes on those things and so even though we're not, you know, perfect and don't, it always doesn't. I mean, I'm just thankful that God uses us, even as totally imperfect people. You know, we didn't have to. But. Amen. So, guess what we're going to do? We're going to pray. <laughs> Seems fitting, right? Um, if you have a, a need this morning, then this is a time for us to pray. This is a time for us to join with people. Maybe it's people you don't know. Maybe it's people that you aren't sitting next to. Maybe it's...
Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop. 